so I quit my job as a park ranger a few days ago. Not because I got tired of it, it's because I've seen some crazy shit. I wasn't one of those park rangers that stand around or sit in a shack. I was the kind that were bound to towers, taking radio calls and more. So, it was a normal day just sitting, looking out for any strange things. You may be asking, strange things? When I first got the job, they informed me of strange entities and happenings. Those I still do not know to this day. As day started setting, I got a radio call from the other tower. Yes, I had the night shift that day. The man at the tower or Chris told me he's heading home and just a reminder to look out because night isn't pretty. As I see his lights turn off of the tower, I knew that my shift started. Nothing really happens when you work the night shift, but this specific day was strange. I was sitting next to the park map. They left us when I hear static coming from the radio. I knew someone was trying to contact the tower, so I walked over. Before I had time to respond, a scared, out-of-breath man was on the radio. Hello, I heard. I did the standard procedure. This is Tower 4. What seems to be the problem? Finally, someone help, the man said in relief. I was on the trail when I heard something behind me. Any more information? I asked him. Yeah, I started to speed up when I did it. It sounded like something was running after me. Stay on the line, I said. I opened the instruction manual. I was reading the part about hikers being chased by an animal. As I was reading, I heard a scream over the radio. Hello? Do you copy? Help! Whatever was chasing me is still chasing me. Keep running, but where are you? The lake that's near Tower 2. Head to the nearest tower. We always leave the towers open because when the shifts are over, they require to unplug and put the radio in the locked box. Yeah, that's dumb, but it's how it works. As I return to the radio, I hear a scream from the radio and outside. It sounded like somebody was getting murdered. Hello? Where are you? I hear on the radio. I lied for my safety. I'm at the tower I sent you to. Okay, he sounded so calm. I pulled up my binoculars and zoomed in on tower. What I saw scares the shit out of me. It was a creature looking at me with red glowing eyes. It was waving at me. I was frozen in a state of paralysis, just being watched by this creature. It was weird. It almost looked like something out of a movie or a game. As I started to feel like I could move again, I used it to grab the hunting rifle given to me. I aimed, but nothing was there anymore. I sat down and got the flask I hid in my drawer, and I took one sip. Then I heard the familiar creak of my tower steps. It was late and no one comes to check up on me at this time. I hid under the bed provided. Who's there? The thing said. It sounded like my boss, but I knew it wasn't. It sounded like a somewhat good impression. I knew it wasn't him when I saw its legs. It had hooves and fur, and I only saw its bottom part. It left, but whatever was there could replicate voices. Whatever it was, I don't know. But that was the one part that almost made me quit. But there are many more reasons. This is a story my uncle told us when he was younger 
and my cousin was just some months old. I was around 15 or so. He was explaining it to my father and looked actually scared about it. For what he told my father and I heard there myself, he had been dreaming three, four times with the same old woman and his daughter. The woman had bright red eyes and in all his dreams she hurt his baby one way or another. So just a nightmare, which sucked, but whatever. Some days later they go around town with their baby and took some photos and when a couple of weeks later my uncle went to get them developed, he got a nasty surprise. In one of the photos of just the baby playing on some grass, there was an old woman at the background. The light had made it so she had red eyes, and my uncle sworn up and down it was the same woman that appeared in his dreams. And then his wife pipped in that indeed there was something strange there, because she could have sworn they were alone in the park while taking those photos. She didn't seem to believe it was that scary, but she hadn't noticed the woman at all, she said. They spent a week or so staying with us until my uncle decided it was his imagination, and they went back home. Two years later, his wife tried to kill him while he was sleeping with a knife and tried to go after their daughter, but that didn't have anything to do with it. Turns out having schizophrenia, not saying anything to your boyfriend, even when he turns into your husband, stopping taking your meds and your whole family deciding to lie to that same husband, saying you were perfectly fine is not a good idea. I was one of the 25 elite hunters invited to participate in a secret hunting competition on a private island organized by a mysterious and eccentric billionaire. The excitement was palpable as we arrived on the island, eager to test our skills and experience the thrill of the hunt. Little did we know the true nature of the challenge that awaited us. As we explored the island, we soon discovered that it was inhabited by unknown creatures with extraordinary abilities. These beasts were unlike anything we had ever seen agile, cunning, and lethal. One by one, my fellow hunters began to fall, devoured by the monsters that roamed the island. It wasn't long before only five of us remained. Determined to survive and unravel the mystery of the island, I decided to investigate the true intentions of our enigmatic host. It wasn't long before I discovered that the billionaire was not only the mastermind behind the event, but also the creator of these creatures. He had engineered them as the ultimate hunting challenge, pitting us against his monstrous creations to satisfy his twisted sense of amusement. With this newfound knowledge, I decided to use my wits and understanding of the creature's abilities to defeat the billionaire and his abominations. I observed the predator's habits and patterns, formulating a plan to turn the tables on our tormentor. I set up a controlled fire in a specific area of the woods, carefully managing the blaze to ensure that it didn't spread uncontrollably. As the predators moved through their territory, they were drawn towards the fire by curiosity or the sounds of prey. Once the creatures were close enough, I used the fire as a barrier, trapping them and forcing them to face me in a final confrontation. The fire disoriented the predators and I took advantage of their confusion to drive them into a pre-set trap. As the creatures struggled in their confinement, I approached the billionaire, who had been watching the events unfold from a distance. 
His eyes widened in fear and surprise as he realized that I had outsmarted him and his monstrous creations. Using the billionaire's own creations against him, I forced him to confront the reality of the terror he had unleashed on the island. As the creatures closed in on their creator, he finally understood the consequences of his actions. With the billionaire defeated, I managed to escape the island, leaving behind the horrors that had claimed the lives of my fellow hunters. I vowed never to forget their sacrifices and to share the cautionary tale of our experience, a chilling reminder of the dangers that can arise when human ambition and curiosity are left unchecked. I'm from a real small town in Florida called Weewahichka. It's in Gulf County, about 50 miles southwest of Tallahassee on the Panhandle. The area has lots of lakes and rivers. We lived on several acres in the middle of nowhere. We had dirt roads my whole childhood. At the time, we had a single wide trailer. Lots of people in our community were complaining about an upright creature terrorizing them at night and stealing livestock and pets. My parents were city folks that moved into the area before I was born and opened a business, so my parents told me it was just stories to scare us because we were outsiders. At the time when this happened, I was 14 years old, and I had a younger brother that was 5 years old. One night in October 2004 my dad and I were watching TV. My brother was in bed. My mom was in the kitchen. We had one bedroom and I had to pass the kitchen and my brother's room to get to the bathroom. My brother was sitting up in bed and he was crying. I tried to console him because I didn't want to get him in trouble for not sleeping. He whispered to me a man was looking in his window. I looked out the window and to my horror I see a pair of yellow glowing eyes watching us. So I grabbed my brother up. I knew my dad was in the living room and he kept a gun on the kitchen counter. I yelled to my dad that some sicko was looking in the window at my brother. Just then I saw his whole face. It looked like a Neanderthal man with long brown hair and it looked terrifying. His face was at the bottom of the window. I saw this massive chest and abdomen. It must have been nine feet tall. My dad burst out on the front porch with a gun in his hand and he fires several times. It looked at my dad for a moment then ran for the tree line. My dad then came in and my mother and brother were crying because of the sound of the 44 Magnum. My parents told me to go to bed and to take my brother with me. I overheard my parents talking. They didn't call the cops because they didn't know what it was. It was not human. My mother told my father tomorrow, I want all the trees gone, not a single one taller than you can stay. He reluctantly agreed. He called in every friend and every favor and had seven acres removed by sundown on Saturday. I had two friends close in age. One lived a mile away and the other two miles away. The closest came down that Saturday morning, and I asked him if he heard the gunshots the night before. I told him it was my dad. My mother came out and told me to stay out of the woods. She was going into town with my brother to buy curtains and blinds, which was something we really didn't need before. But since this happened, we put curtains up. After my mother pulled away, we got our friends, and I guess they basically pulled together their friends so they could go look 
So we grabbed our guns and our machete. We knew the woods really well. We backtracked my yard and picked up on a trail. We spotted blood at the tree line. My father was washing away blood from the side of the mobile home, and so we went back into the woods following the blood. As we walked we came across a crude shelter with the remains of what looked like trash. This thing was stealing trash and taking it to this little crude shelter. We followed the trails for hours. We heard a howl and a scream like no other we'd heard before. My father must have heard it and grabbed his buddies, and they raced into the woods with their guns in hand. They looked terrified when we finally crossed paths. He said they saw the blood trail and asked what we found. We told them about the shelter, and we took them where we'd been. We had been so keen on following the trail, we had never noticed the carcasses of deer and dogs high in the trees. My father chopped down the shelter and urinated all over it. One of his friends said that they had to mark to take back our land. It sounded crazy, but I looked up to this man, and he seemed to know what he was talking about. The six of us made a pact that it was a bear, and to never talk about it again. As we moved back to our house, we heard the howl again, and it was mad. It sounded closer this time. Our fathers told us to run. The three of them were side by side firing at something. Of course, we didn't go far. Whatever it was died that afternoon. My dad told me to get a few shovels and be quick about it. We didn't want anyone to see a thing. I was the only one they let approach it because I had already seen it through the window. We took turns digging the hole. It was a Bigfoot, nine feet or taller and so wide. I could not jump over it. It was a male. His face was all shot up, but its upper lip was five inches from the base of his nose to the opening. Its arms were as big as my dad's legs. His fingers were as wide as Coke cans. Its feet were longer than the barrel of my shotgun. We buried it and left for my house. Our mothers were waiting for us and frantically asked what it was. We said that it was a bear and it was injured so we put it down and buried it. We didn't want to get in trouble with the game warden. That's what we told him and I think my mother knew the truth but it was best not said. Back in 1993, my mom, older sister, and I were at the public storage in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, putting some things into storage. It was in the evening, but it was pretty lit up at the facility. Behind the storage was a big wooded area. There we saw a white grayish creature staring at us. We were shaken with fear. It was across the field, so it was a little of a distance away. But even though it was that far away, it was tall and manlike. My sister screamed so loud after her initial shock wore off, and this thing turned around and leaped over the fence and landed on the other side on two feet, and then ran into the woods. This fence was about six, eight feet high, at least, so we knew this thing was not human. It was pretty scary. We told everyone about it. People joked, of course, but to us, it was no laughing matter. It scared us so much that my mom had the movers move all of my sister's stuff out of that storage. We were convinced that we saw some sort of Bigfoot. Lived alone in a sub-basement flat once. 
A lot of weird things happened that I put down to the fact I was constantly tired from working split shifts six days a week. Honestly, if it was something else, it was actually super helpful. I'd come home knowing I really needed to put a clothes wash on, and when I got in I'd find my clothes were clean, that kind of thing, but it was happening a lot. I really thought that my schedule was so messed up that I was doing things and not remembering doing them, so I was more concerned that I was losing my mind than being haunted. Anyway, the thing I really can't explain away is the time I was lying on my couch and I noticed something catching the light on a glass panel on the door, got up to look at it and saw it was a kiss mark. But basically from that moment on, I was finding them all over the place, on mirrors, on the other doors, even on the stovetop, basically any shiny surface. I may have been washing clothes without remembering, but I definitely wasn't going around kissing things in my flat. Oh, and also I would often find my front door wide open despite being sure that I'd locked it, or at least shut it, which made me think that maybe a living human was getting into my place and doing weird shit. The anticipation in the Thompson family was palpable as we embarked on our long-anticipated camping trip to Yellowstone National Park. It was a dream vacation, an escape from the hustle and bustle of our busy lives. Tom, my husband Sarah, our two kids Emily and Ethan, and I were eager to immerse ourselves in the heart of nature and create memories that would last a lifetime. The first few days of our trip were like scenes from a dream. We explored pristine wilderness, hiked along scenic trails, and marveled at the grandeur of the park's natural wonders. Our evenings were filled with campfire stories that made us laugh and shiver with delight. We gazed at the star-studded sky, feeling like a small part of something much greater. But then, on the fourth night, as we gathered around the campfire to roast marshmallows, an eerie silence fell upon the forest. The sounds of the night once comforting, grew muted and distant. Our jovial conversation dwindled, replaced by a gnawing sense of unease. Suddenly, the tranquility was shattered by a barrage of strange, inhuman noises that pierced the night. Low, guttural growls resonated through the trees, and the snapping of branches echoed ominously. Our once familiar surroundings had transformed into something sinister, something we couldn't comprehend. Fear gripped us, and we huddled together, clutching our flashlights and knives, hoping the light would ward off the growing unease. In the shroud of darkness, we glimpsed massive, shadowy figures lurking at the edge of our campsite. Our hearts raced as we realized we were not alone in this remote part of the park. Panic set in as we recognized the looming threat, a formidable predator, whose nature remained a mystery. With adrenaline surging, we made a split-second decision to flee our campsite. Several years ago, my friend Charlie and I embarked on a hiking trip to the breathtaking canyons of New Mexico. We were drawn by the promise of untouched landscapes and the sheer thrill of adventure. Little did we know, we were about to encounter something that would change our perception of reality forever. It was our third day on the trail. We were in a remote part of the canyon, miles away from civilization. 
The sun was beginning to set, casting long shadows across the rugged terrain. We decided to set up camp near the base of a towering cliff. As we were collecting firewood, Charlie suddenly froze. He pointed towards a spot on the cliff face. I squinted, trying to make out what he was pointing at. Then I saw it. A figure, pitch black, almost blending with the shadows. It was thin, unnaturally so, with long arms ending in what seemed to be claws. Its skin had an unnatural shiny black sheen, like it was coated in an oil slick. We stood there, frozen, watching as it scaled the cliff with an agility that was both mesmerizing and terrifying. It moved like some sort of grotesque, twisted parody of Spider-Man, its long limbs contorting in ways that seemed impossible. Suddenly, it stopped. Its head turned, and I felt a cold shiver run down my spine. It had noticed us. For a moment, it seemed to consider us, its form eerily still against the cliff face. Then, with a speed that made my heart pound in my chest, it scurried up the cliff and disappeared into the darkness. Charlie and I were left standing in stunned silence, the echoes of our encounter lingering in the air. We quickly decided to move camp, neither of us comfortable sleeping so close to the creature's haunt. To this day, we refer to that encounter as our Black Spider-Man. I was hiking in the Catskills. I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania but I come up to the Catskills fairly regularly throughout the year, because sometimes the Poconos just get a little boring. I started at the trailhead parking lot where I parked my car and began walking up the same trail that I've walked up 1,000 times. After about an hour, I started to feel kind of weird. It felt like the woods were a little bit quieter than they usually were when I had come up here before, but I wasn't initially very concerned about it. After I sat down to have breakfast, I started hearing rustling above me and some sticks fell down right behind me. I wasn't really worried about this either, as I just assumed it was some squirrels running around or some chipmunks throwing things at me. This has happened to me before. I finished my breakfast without incident and kept walking toward the summit. This was fairly early in the morning around 6 a.m., so I would think there would be a lot of birds chirping and a lot of other activity, but things just kept getting quieter and quieter as I ascended. This definitely creeped me out, but I tried to push it out of my mind because I've already been hiking for a while at this point, and I'm definitely not turning around. Eventually, more sticks fell to my right, somewhat close to me, and they sounded heavier. These were at the kind of small twigs that would generally fall from squirrel activity. I went over and checked them, and these were fairly substantial. This continued to happen in a higher frequency, until I finally reached the end of the trail. On my way back, it happened continuously, increasing in frequency as I descended, until suddenly it just kind of stopped when I was about a mile from the car. When I finally returned to my car, I found all of the doors open, and it seemed like a lot of my stuff had been very violently rummaged through. I had a bag in there with some of my clothes in it, and this had been torn up. A lot of my clothes were outside of the car, leading back into the woods. I thought about calling the police, but I live in Philadelphia, so I knew there wasn't really anything that was going to happen. 
To this day, I still get freaked out when I think about it. I don't necessarily think it was connected, but I do feel really uneasy about both of these things happening at the same time. Then again, maybe I was just robbed. I lived in an apartment in Durham that was badly haunted. For almost six months, I was visited by a demonic entity at night that came from the woods out back. It's a whole story, but the boyfriend independently confirmed what I was seeing without me mentioning a thing, and that told me I wasn't going crazy. It made me so sick, I almost died three years later, and I'm slowly recovering. We had to have the house blessed, which I've never done before but it was a last-ditch effort. Moved to a new location, and both the boyfriend and I have seen spirits walking around the home, luckily nothing demonic. I would normally think I'm crazy, but when you have someone else independently verify things, you begin to trust it's actually happening. One night, we both saw his father come down the stairs and walked into the kitchen. His father has Parkinson's, and the entity was so vivid we thought he passed upstairs in his room. After S ourselves, we both go running to check on him, and he was fine in the shower. So many experiences, and even the ones I'm talking about have much more to the story. I've experienced stuff like this my whole life, but the area here is very active. I did learn that a huge war was fought in Durham, so perhaps that's the reason. I'll probably never know. Fiancé claims she heard someone yelling help from the woods. To give some perspective on the scenario, we live in an apartment complex at the edge of town in Illinois. Right next to us is a woodsy area full of coyotes and deer and lots of birds, so it's pretty lively. Last night at 3 a.m., she went outside to grab a case of water from the trunk of our car, and when she was grabbing it, she claimed she heard someone say, Hello in a girl's voice coming from the woods. She couldn't see anything, but she replied back confused saying hello back. Whatever it was ended up saying, can somebody help me? And that's when she got the chills and ran as fast as she could back inside our house. Right before she entered the house, she said she heard it again, with the voice getting closer asking for help, but instead of a normal girl voice, it turned into a girl voice that didn't even sound real, and she couldn't explain the change in the voice. Plus, she said afterwards, thinking about it, that her voice sounded familiar, but couldn't point out whose voice. Why I believe she wasn't bullshitting is because two years living here, we've never talked about things like this, and when she rushed inside, she startled me because her face was in shock, and she was breathing heavily, like I thought she seen something or heard a gunshot, I don't know. My question is she thinks it was a skinwalker, because who would be out at 3 a.m. asking for someone to help them in the woods? What do you guys think? I also read online that you aren't supposed to interact nor share the encounter you had about a skinwalker. She will be alright this one time sharing the story, I hope. For the past few nights, I've been kept awake by an unsettling noise. Something heavy moving across the roof. It's an old house, and every creak or groan it makes is familiar to me. But this, this was something different, something alien. It was heavy, 
rhythmic, almost like footfalls. In an attempt to understand the nature of the noise, my boyfriend agreed to go up on the roof during the day. We reasoned that if it was an animal, maybe it had left some traces behind. Plus, we could judge the weight of the creature based on how the roof responded to his weight. As he moved, I listened from inside, comparing the sounds. What we discovered was unsettling whatever was on our roof at night was significantly heavier than my boyfriend. Wolves had been spotted in our area recently, a pair seen trotting down the road one evening, their eyes reflecting in our headlights. But even a wolf wouldn't weigh more than my boyfriend. What was prowling our roof at night was much heavier. Then, a few nights ago, we heard something that chilled us to our cores. A barking sound that seemed to move swiftly across our yard. We heard it clearly, despite being inside with a TV on. There was something off about the sound, something that didn't sit right with us. It was unlike any dog's bark we'd ever heard. It was deeper, more guttural, and it had an unnerving quality to it that I couldn't put my finger on. The following morning, we found deep, large paw prints around our house and leading onto the roof. The prints were unlike any I've seen before, larger than those of a wolf, with longer, claw-like indentations. Now we're left wondering what creature is haunting our home. What prowls on our roof at night, watches us with unseen eyes, and barks with an eerie, otherworldly tone. The fear has seeped into our everyday lives, tainting every creak of the old house, every rustle of leaves in the yard. We've taken turns staying up at night, hoping to catch a glimpse of the creature. We've installed cameras around the property, their red lights blinking in the darkness. Yet every morning we find nothing but those large, clawed footprints, a haunting reminder of our nocturnal visitor. One night, my boyfriend suggested we venture out when we heard the sound again. Armed with a flashlight and his grandfather's old shotgun, we cautiously stepped outside. The yard was bathed in moonlight, the long shadows twisting and coiling like serpents. The barking started again, echoing through the silence of the night. We followed the sound, our hearts pounding in our chests. As we rounded the corner of the house, the flashlight beam fell onto the roof. What we saw in that moment, illuminated in the harsh white light, will forever be etched into my memory. A massive creature, larger than any wolf, its body covered in dark, matted fur. It had glowing red eyes, and it was staring right at us. Its lips pulled back in a snarl, revealing sharp, glistening teeth. We scrambled back inside, locking every door, every window. We huddled in the living room, the image of the creature seared into our minds. We haven't been able to sleep since. We're still trying to make sense of what we saw, still trying to understand what this creature is. But one thing is clear, we're living in its territory, and it knows we're here. Our peaceful home now feels like a prison, and every night, as the heavy footfalls start on the roof, we're reminded of the terror that lurks in the darkness. I remember a chilling story that was shared with me by my uncle and my dad. It happened during one of their jobs near a dense wooded area. It all began when my uncle mysteriously vanished, leaving my dad bewildered. 
Concerned for his brother's safety, my dad started searching the woods, desperately trying to locate him. And then, amidst the eerie silence of the forest, my dad stumbled upon my uncle frantically running around. Naturally, my dad was taken aback and demanded an explanation. What the hell are you doing? he exclaimed. But my uncle, his face etched with a mixture of fear and confusion, responded with something that sent shivers down my spine. I swear to God, I heard someone calling my name out here, and I was trying to find out where it was coming from. That story has always haunted me. It's unsettling to think that such experiences are not uncommon. The idea of hearing phantom voices in the woods calling out to unsuspecting souls continues to send a chill down my spine. It's as if the forests hold secrets, whispering their mysteries into the ears of those who dare to listen.